Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track presents Midnight Vultures Track by Track. Today we'll be talking about Get Real Paid, the fourth track from Midnight Vultures, released on November 23rd, 1999, um, written by Beck, by himself. Uh, on the track you have Beck on vocals and synthesizers, you have Tony Hoffer doing a sound design, uh, I'm not quite sure what that entails. Uh, as ever, Roger Joseph Manning Jr. is also on synthesizers. And then doing backing vocals, you have Arnold McCullough, Farry Pinkerson, Roger Joseph Manning Jr. and Beck. Uh, the track is 4 minutes 21. Joining me to talk about today is Ollie Brady. Hello, Ollie. Hey, Darren. Um, now, uh, you know, Get Real Paid has a sample of a Kraftwerk song, uh, which I think I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. I think it's something to do with computers. Um, I feel like all Kraftwerk songs are eventually in some way <laughs> to, do to do with computers. With computers. Yeah. I think it's actually called Home Computer. And that is the, like, on this track you have, like, this kind of, um, I don't know, like a shimmery kind of, like, sound that keeps coming back. And that is mostly the, the kind of processed sample. Um, you know, it's unusual, actually, this is one of the tracks that's produced by Beck and uh, Mickey Petralia and not by the Dust Brothers, because that feels like something that the Dust Brothers would have done. Um, but they're not producing this track. So you have that as the kind of basis, and then the lyrics, there's not like a huge amount to the lyrics. Um, you know, the the kind of the, the verses are very kind of like short, and they generally just repeat two like kind of couplets, and that's it. Um, it's the kind of choruses that are very long, and there's a lot of kind of, uh, kind of interesting rhymes from Beck. Um, and then there's a little kind of, kind of post-choruses before each verse. Uh, where Beck asks if uh, he's worth your time. Um, and I think that this kind of fits, I would say, roughly, uh, where, you know, on the album, kind of in the same genre as something like uh, Hollywood Freaks, where it is kind of like a commentary, um, you know, about, uh, you know, rich people. Um, you know, obviously Hollywood Freaks is the next track, so I guess these kind of work for me as kind of like a pair of tracks. Um, yeah. You know, but this is it is like obviously there's a lot of synthesizers on here. You know, the sample is you know heavily processed and used quite a lot. And even Beck's voice is kind of in this kind of uh, monotone. Um, I would say, apart from when it goes to the choruses, you know, there's there's kind of like uh, there's a little bit of kind of variation there. But it just it does kind of I mean obviously the Kraftwerk sample gives it away a little bit, and it is kind of like you know Beck doing kind of a monotone Kraftwerk song. Um, but with slightly different lyrics, um, you know, because I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, that uh, <laughs> that Kraftwerk would ever say the phrase "cause your daddy's always on it." I just that doesn't feel <laughs> like uh, that doesn't feel like something that. I mean, I get, I guess, I guess if you translated it to German, I mean, if you translated it to German, it would probably sound slightly more hostile. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't even know that the Germans have a phrase for daddy. I just know that they have like Mutter and Vater. So you know, I, I I don't know if there's like terms of affection in in Germany. I'm sure there are because obviously the Germans are lovely people, um, but I feel like there is a slight stereotype that they are a little bit kind of cold, and I can't, I just can't imagine them calling each other you know by affectionate terms. Darren, um, I've I have a question for you. Yes, go for it. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> well, because... you know, I I like to get opinions from different people on certain things, so you know, I feel like getting an outsider's view of this album probably would be helpful. I I think this was audio terrorism um <laughs> i put it i've never heard this album from beck i i like becker i quite like becker i like beck back in the day um, and i thought odelay was a great album which is the last time i actually paid attention to him but this right considering just to peek behind the curtain we recorded this and then another prince track by track on the same day about exemplify which was brilliant 
this was like the exact opposite of that smooth relaxing thing this was like nails on a chalkboard cutting through me every second of the pl- the runtime was like turn it on and i kept looking at it and you, you hear people talk about when they're watching movies sometimes they're like oh um i was watching the movie and i kept looking at the runtime and i was like how is there 40 minutes left this track is four minutes and 20 seconds it felt like a million years to me. <laughs> it was like, oh, just whatever it was about it, it was just like, I can't, I can't have it. Why, Darren? Why, why are you doing this entire project <laughs> on Midnight Vultures? Because I, this is probably my favorite Beck album, and I saw I saw Beck live in two thousand one, um, when he was still touring this album. Two years later, he was still touring the album, um, and you know, Deborah. Well, aside from also being the name of my mother. Um, is you know probably one of my favorite songs like ever uh, certainly up there with at least any Prince track um, you know I would say this is probably one of the lesser songs on the album um, but I, you know to me I think maybe it's just because it has like a very kind of simple structure maybe that's why it feels kind of long but then at the same time it, <laughs> it does have Beck saying the words touch my ass if you qualify that's which true is, directly after he says Thursday night I think, I think I'm, I'm pregnant, pregnant again. again. <laughs> Good stuff, Beck. Yeah. I'm not sure if you understand how biology works. But. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I always like when Beck kind of does like very simple kind of sing-songy lyrics. Something that I don't really enjoy Prince doing because I feel like Prince is maybe you better. Know, he could, he can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, I, you know, I think it fits with like you know the song. You know, if you think of like kind of any like main Kraftwerk songs. You know, most most of the Kraftwerk songs that I know have like three lyrics, and they just repeat them over and over, over again. And over again. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, and and I think that's obviously the effect that he's going for here. But he can't just repeat, you know, the same couple of lines. So yeah. he he does vary it up a little bit. Um, but also, I you know, I like some of the in- imagery. You know, the fact that he says, you know, we like the boys with the bulletproof vests, which you know, obviously that's trying to suggest you know very well built guys. And then it says we like the girls with the cellophane chests. So. Uh, at the same time, I don't think Beck likes either of those people, which, <laughs> which is which is why he's, he's delivering it in this kind of very bored monotone because it's like, you know, he clearly does. He, like, if you look at Beck, you you he, you don't think he ever it would be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pop down the gym and stare at like gym bunnies. Like that just doesn't seem like something that he would do, um, you know. And then the kind of again, this is something that is also discussed a little bit on Hollywood Freaks, this kind of criticism of, like, you know, artificiality and kind of, you know, the idea of cellophane chests, I guess, is meant to be like a play on silicon. Mm. So, you know, the idea of people kind of trying to make themselves look more attractive by kind of artificial means, you know, is, again, that's something that fits in with, you know, the artificial sound of this song. You know, everything is a lot of synthesizers on top of synthesizers. Um, You know, the rest of the album has, like, you know, actual kind of like drums and proper instruments. You know, on this you've really only got like the bass and a bunch of synthesizers. So there's, there's like a very artificial sound to it. Um, but you know, and also I, I love the I just love the monotone delivery of the chorus. The you know I know you really want it because your daddy's always on it and he's you knows just how to flaunt it. He's got pictures in his wallet. You know, like that kind of. That's exactly that kind of how Beck does it. If you haven't heard that song, <laughs> Darren yeah. basically just did a Beck impression. Um, <laughs> he he delivered it with all of the life that Beck did. It's like I know you really want it because your daddy's yeah. always on it, <laughs> and he knows how just how to flaunt it. He's got pictures in his wallet. Uh, like shut up, Beck. Start maybe maybe sing maybe 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 do some of that good singing. Do you know what? Tell me about my devil's haircut. That's what I want to hear you doing, Beck. 
I want to know, but am I a loser? Yeah. So why don't you hate me? <laughs> like, this is what I want, Beck. I don't want this. Bip, boop, boop, oh, I listened to a really good German electronica band, and now I'm going to mimic their style. You, you're not going to do it, Beck. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not buying into your game. You're not. You're not creating genres with this one. You're just. You just have to annoy me. You. you oh God damn you, Beck! You talented <laughs> motherfucker. He Sorry does. He does. He does sing though, because he does when he gets to the "I want to know if I'm worth your time," which again is something that will get discussed more on Hollywood Freaks. But this idea of, you know, the kind of people being paid for sex is something that kind of gets restated a number of times on this album, and kind of like how, you know, that's. I guess Beck is kind of commenting on how much of a transaction certain relationships are, yeah. um, you know, and there's so much to do before you die, like that, like, like again, there's this weird kind of juxtaposition of things that Beck doesn't really seem to be that interested in, but with kind of interesting ideas, like, you know, is yeah. Beck worth your time? You you're, know, not gonna, you're not going to get me to like it, darn. Stop stop telling me how <laughs> deep the lyrics meanings are. Just oh. Well, I mean, the sec- the thing is, the second verse, which contains the kind of the title of the song, which is we like to ride on executive planes and we like to sit around and get real paid, uh, which, you know, I, the thing is, in like 1999, when this song comes out, you know, that I guess in these days you could see that as a bit of a kind of scathing endorsement of, you know, CEOs getting paid tons of money and, you know, mm. what it means to get real paid, which, again, is like that's a weird kind of way to phrase it. Like, you know, <laughs> like what does even get real paid mean? But, I you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of easy to kind of guess what he's saying there. Um, but also, you know, at this point, Beck, I, I guess he was fairly successful. I'm sure he's flown on a couple of very expensive planes himself. So when he says we like to ride on executive planes and here's the weird thing. And, you know, maybe this is just me, but private jets seem like the least interesting way to travel in the entire world. Because <laughs> there's only ever like, you know, if you ever see like famous people in like these, these private jets, there's only ever like four or five seats. And it's like, really? That's like at least when you travel on like a normal plane, you know, there's the there's at least different people there. And there's like, you know you get to kind of, you know, see society. If you're just stuck on a plane with, like, three other rich assholes flying around, it's like, this doesn't <laughs> seem like a good... Like, I, you know, I'm sure people kind of, you know, crave the idea of, of travelling on expensive private jets, but it's like, it just does not appeal to me at all, <laughs> like, as a method of travel, you know? Like, yeah. so, and I, and I think that's probably what Beck's monotone about the idea is kind of saying, is like... He doesn't really care for traveling around on private jets. But, you know, also he's close personal friends with uh, John Travolta. So, you know, maybe maybe he gets to ride up front. Yeah, it's true. They do have a lot in common about certain things. But, um, yeah, uh, no, still not having it, Darren. It's, uh, he's, he's second generation, Ollie. He's not. So <laughs> I'm not going to mention what he, he is. but He's as much that as I am. Uh, Catholic. Let's put it that way, <laughs> which is which is to say, not very much. So, but I mean, you know, uh, I mean, the the fact that he, you know, when he brings the chorus back, he basically repeats the entire chorus twice from top to bottom. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think maybe that's the part where you were waiting for the song to finish. But that's the bit that I really love when it just keeps going, <laughs> when it goes th- around one more time, and he starts talking about does he cover you like butter and just leave you in the gutter? Like, I no, stop it, Darren. You're not getting me to like the song. That's an arresting image. You've got it to does, admit. It does. Somebody it is, covered in butter in the gutter. I mean, fine, of course, it is an arresting image. <laughs> Damn you, Darren, and your love for Beck. Um, what I did find with it is that it does kind of grow on you, but in much the same way that athlete's foot does. So it's it's like <laughs> yes, it's growing on me, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I'm happy about it. Um, but yeah, it's, oof, 
Oh, Darren, Give, bring me <laughs> bring me back to the Prince songs. Well, I'm the thing. The thing is, you know, like um, on this entire album, you know, I mean, this was a left turn for most people, you know, when who'd been following Beck. You know, he was seen as this kind of like, you know, indie good musician darling. and. Well, well, he was, you know, he came up like around, I mean, Loser came out around the same time as like Smells Like Teen Spirit. So, yeah. you know, he was he was seen as being part of kind of the alternative music scene. So for him to make an album, you know, that has a track that's called Sex Laws, you know, to, to start off with. And then you have, you know, uh, something like this or, you know, um, I, I would say maybe Milk and Honey and Pressure Zone. Those are kind of more dancey tracks as well. It is seen as like a really odd move, and some of the reviews, you know, that came out around the time that this album came out, agreed with you. <laughs> um, you know, there were some very kind of critical reviews of the whole album that were just like, "What does Beck think he's doing?" Oh yeah, these were you know, and kind of asking these were the reviews by know, people with ears. <laughs> well, I mean, on Metacritic, the album has a score of eighty-three. I could not believe this, and Darren does extensive notes guys and he sent me a link he was like oh there's the metacritic score and i was like wait he's never done this before why is he why is he sending me a metacritic score so i clicked on it, it was like 83 and then down below audience score 85 and i'm like no no way what, <laughs> what are people listening to oh. well and the thing is of the 19 critics there were only actually three that were mixed reviews there were no negative reviews but those mixed reviews, you know, I think the, the the main kind of thing was, you know, what is he trying to do? Like, they a lot of the mixed reviews felt like Beck was kind of trying to, well, you know, as I've said, not doing parody, but just kind of playing the role of like, oh, well, I'm going to do a dance track, so here's a dance track, mm. or, you know, I'm going to do a funk track, so here's a funk track. Like, it, a lot of people felt that he was kind of just doing, like, dress up and not really kind of getting into the music although i'd say you know the way that he's treated the sample of you know home computer on here it, it at least shows a level of skill you know i mean not surprising he'd been produced by the dust brothers so, yeah. so you know they they clearly knew how to do remixes and stuff like that so you know some of that has, has kind of you know obviously rubbed off on him and so i would say he's you know he's not kind of just playing at doing this you know this is you know this is this is him kind of actually doing this um you know and when i saw him live I don't think he performed this particular song because he only performed about half of the album live. Um, although he definitely did do Deborah, which was a great performance. Um, but, you know, a lot of the albums when you're like, oh, you know, a lot of the tracks on here, you, you think to yourself, well, this sounds sort of like this or sounds sort of like that. I think, you know, that was just him, you know, doing doing that outright. You know, yeah. like a, it, the final track, is, you know, is him doing like a Prince style falsetto. But... He, you know, you can't put on a falsetto. You either have it or you don't. Like, yeah. Yeah, and so, so when he's doing like the falsetto on that, on that, on on Deborah, he's he's not like pretend. He's not messing with his voice to make it sound like falsetto. He's, you know, he's actually singing in that range, and I think that's the same with this track. It's not like he's he's you know kind of trying to do craft work. He's taken a craft work sample and then he's extended on it, and that's that's what the the track is. Um, you know, and even even the reviews that were mixed kind of acknowledged that, you know, a lot of Beck's, you know, Beck obviously, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's an accomplished musician. So even though he's doing all these different styles, you know, even though even the mixed reviews were saying, well, you know, he's he's trying these different styles and he's succeeding most of yeah. the time. I, I didn't know, so. I didn't realize Deborah was on this album. I like Deborah, um, and I know a lot of other people like Deborah as well. It seems very different to this track, Darren. <laughs> 
Well, you know, that's that's him doing like a, you know, a Prince yeah. impression, uh, which is one of the reasons why I think, I, you know, that was probably my favorite track um, on the album when I first heard it. Um, but even then, you know, I'd heard the single, which I think the first single released off it was Sex Laws. And I'd heard that a few months before the album came out and I enjoyed that song. So, um, you know, but it, like even in songs like Sex Laws, it's like he's, you know, as discussed on that episode, he's like talking He's like trying to be very kind of sexual, but in a very mundane way, and that's that's something as well that you know he did with Deborah. Like it's meant to be a love song, but he's constantly talking about like J.C. Penny and his Hyundai, <laughs> and like he he's kind of everything's kind of very banal, and I think that's the same with you know this track. Like everything he's talking about in in you know delivered by certain artists, this would be them attempting to be sexy. You know, like a phrase like Thursday night, I think I'm pregnant again, like that's that's kind of and touch my ass if you qualify like <laughs> that's that's the idea of like uh, it, with different artists someone else selling that would be like this is extremely sexy you know does he cover you in butter like <laughs> you know there's a if, if barry white is singing the phrase does he cover you in butter oh, you immediately yeah. think oh that's got to be super does sexy yeah that was more of a bob dylan what am i doing and leave you in the yeah. good. Oh. <laughs> see now i want to hear bob dylan covering the song <laughs> Um, Thursday night, um, I'm pregnant <laughs> again. See now that's way too tuneful. Yeah, though. also that sounds um, like Hulk Hogan. What the hell? I can't. I'm just. <laughs> I'm giving up on accents. I can't do them anymore. Hulk Hogan is a very gifted uh, artist. He had at least two Grammy winning, award winning albums. Are, wait, are you serious? Um, I don't know know if either the wrestling album or the, or I can't remember what the other one's called now. There was, the WF released two albums in the 80s that had wrestlers singing. Oh man. Um, There's a chance they were nominated for a Grammy. That is, I don't know. Absolutely. Everything gets nominated for Grammys. I don't know. I, I, I think like kind of the detachment of the lyrics is what kind of sells it for me. Like is how disinterested Beck is in like the, the, this, these kind of ideas that he's trying to talk, you know, when he says, you know, like your daddy's always on it and he knows just how to flaunt it. Like that, that in a different context would be something, you know, vaguely sexual in this context. Beck is like, that is just the least interesting thing to him. You know, he doesn't want to be flying around in, you know, executive planes. He doesn't really care about, you know, people who've got bulletproof vests. Like, you know, it, it, he's just not interested in any of this stuff. And I think that's that's something that kind of... I mean, I think maybe some people who reviewed the album probably looked on it unfavorably because they were looking for some of the enthusiasm that Beck had on previous... You know, when you, when you hear a song like Loser, you know, Beck obviously singing, I'm a loser, baby. You know he's not a loser, but... He's singing it in a way that feels sincere, and I think a lack of sincerity is the, is the main selling point for most of the songs on Midnight Vultures. Like, Beck is deliberately distancing himself by kind of using these different genres, um, even on Deborah, which is you know a gorgeous song, but you know the 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 tale that Beck is trying to tell there is of someone who doesn't want to have sex with just you, but also your sister, <laughs> and he's not even sure what their name is. So like there's a there's an immediate lack of sincerity in in what he's expressing, but it's sold in such a kind of, you know, sincere manner. And I'd say that's the same with this song, you know. He's he's not interested in any of these fancy things, but he keeps saying we like at the start of, of word. And it's like it's clear he doesn't like it, but you know, I like I like that juxtaposition. So, I mean, I would say for me, this is probably only about a three and a half out of five. But you know, I mean, that's that's mostly because I'm not a huge fan of like electronica, um, and I think Beck has also, you know, after this album and before this album, he's done songs kind of in this vein a little bit better. Um, but you know, and also it is a little bit repetitive. But 
you know, once you get into that groove of just those, those that kind of monotone repeating line over and over, you know, it kind of catches me in the right mood most. Mm. When I listen to you talking about this and explaining the lyrics and how how deep the lyrics actually are, um, it reminds me of. Uh, so I'm a I'm a big Billy Joel fan, um, and I know a lot of people don't like him, and he's middle of the road, whatever. He did, his last album, his last proper studio album, was called River of Dreams, and the first song on it is called No Man's Land, and it's shit darn. Now as now I am I'm fully able to admit this but i remember so many times talking to people and they're like no 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 no, no. i know it doesn't sound as good as other songs but but like when you listen to lyrics like he's like you've got the tv on but your clicker is broken like imagine you had the tv but you couldn't change channel like like he's talking about it's like a horrible situation and like that's a shit lyric it's a terrible terrible lyric billy joel but as a fan i was like the fella i'm like Darren is so into his back love that he's just going to defend everything in this song. But uh, yeah, no, three out of five is, is, is good. I'm going to say minus two. We'll average it out <laughs> at a one, a 1.2, whatever it is, and we'll call it quits. <laughs> and the, I mean, it's not like, you know, I love all Beck. Like, you know, his most recent albums I haven't really listened to. You know, like, there, there, was, a point, there was a point in the late 90s, early 2000s where I think, you know, he just, I mean, the album that Prince put out in 1999 was a huge disappointment. So I feel like <laughs> this, this kind of fit in to the point where, like, you know, instead of Rave to the Joy Fantastic, I wish that Prince had done this album in 1999. Yeah, it might have been good. Um, it, well, yes. <laughs> I think Prince delivering Deborah would have been a great song. Yeah, oh, I think it would have been. Um, but I, like, I, I'm, I'm yeah. being maybe needlessly harsh. So let's say a minus 0.5. <laughs> well, I'm, the, thing, the thing is as well is, you know... Um, Having seen Beck live doing, you know, a lot of these these songs, I think they also hold, you know, a certain affection for me anyway. Yeah. So, you know, and, I, you know, I've, I've been listening to this album for, I don't know, 19, almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah, so. they're, they're going to grow in it. Like, they, they, I said, it, music is all subjective. And I know there are tons of bands that I listen to that are bad. Like, I mean, not <laughs> not just not just naff and, and uncool, but like legit bad like what last week um does it do, do you remember the band the zootons yes uh, yeah. yeah so i was listening to their second amy winehouse album. covered one of their songs Ki- and made it more famous made than... it more famous yeah they, they yeah valerie right so i listened to their second album the other day and i was sitting listening to it and i i was huge into it at the time i was listening to it again i was like no i really like this my brother came walking into the house he went oh my god i haven't heard this and he used a very bad word um in about 12 years what why? Why did you put this on? This is absolutely steaming horse manure. Like I was like, uh, no, it's good. Like, so it's the kind of thing where you've been listening to it and it's just like it worms its way into your affection, I suppose. But um, yeah, as I said, I listen to bad music, and uh, is and the, is not it. the second album the one that has Valerie on? So yeah, sorry, that's Who Killed the Zootons. It's the the third album, the follow up to that, and um, oh, okay, it's just it's it went nowhere because all the songs were them trying to get too too big into um uh they got it's not the best way to describe it because i'm not i'm not a, a music person but the, the arrangements were too complex and yeah. everything just kind of covered it up so you couldn't hear what was going on in the track and it just got messy and, but i kind of <laughs> like it it's, like, it's almost like wall of sound style stuff and it's um, well i mean i think they had did they not have a lady saxophonist in their band as well she did she was brilliant yeah so you know but uh well, I feel like we said about as much as we possibly can about Get Real Paid. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Ollie? 
Yeah, I'll just plug my uh, my other two podcasts. Um, I do Best Acquaintances uh, with my best friend Emily. We talk to people that we've never met. We just people we know from Facebook groups or Twitter or whatever, and we just give them a Skype call and we, we interview them and let them tell us about themselves. Darren's come on. It was a, a great episode. So just pick a random person, a random episode, and you might not know the person we're talking to, but I guarantee you you'll enjoy the episode and you'll like the person when they get to the end of it because um, if we ever record with somebody we don't like, we accidentally lose the episode and then don't schedule a new episode with them. But shh, don't tell anybody. And then our sec- my second podcast is... Um, as we're recording this, its first episode was just released this week. It's called Media Evil, where um, a former guest on Best Acquaintances, Sarah If Decker, um, she's a professor in medieval history, and she and myself watch medieval set movies, TV shows, and books, um, and we watch them and discuss them uh, and talk about what they get right, what they get wrong, uh, and what they should have done in order to be more historically accurate. She's an expert. I just happen to like stuff where people get stabbed with swords. So it's about as, as, about as much skill as they have. Um, you can find us at bestacquaintancespod uh, at gmail.com or media, media-evilpod at gmail.com or look for us on Facebook and Twitter. You'll find us there. And normally you can find me on Prince Trap by Track, uh, which is on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Uh, thanks very much for being my guest, Ollie. Always a pleasure, Darren, even when it's a bad song. <laughs> and otherwise, the goodbye. Bye. I got a little bit of sympathy for you, girl. Because yeah. I'm a, I'm a full-grown man. And I'm not a, afraid to... to